Are you ready to dip in? Welcome to Season 2 of the Divine Intervention Podcast, where your hosts, Freya and Holly, bringing you the pod where lifestyle meets spirituality. Let's chat about personal growth, navigating life, and raising our vibrations together. New episodes dropping every week. Woo! Let's take the plunge. Welcome back, Dippers, to episode four of season two of the Divine Intervention podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about protecting your energy, how to cleanse and how to release. This is such an exciting topic and something that Holly and I both live really close by. I know for the both of us that if we do not live in alignment with ourselves and if we do not protect our own energy, Holly and I are definitely people that are going to feel it very, very soon. That might be you as well. So we hope today that we're able to give you some tips and tricks on how to cleanse and how to release and also how to set up some healthy boundaries from the start so that you maybe don't even need to get to the stage of cleansing and releasing that often. Before we get into that, though, we're going to start off, as always, with the card and the astro news of the week. Holly, can you tell us what is going on in the stars this week? Of course. Hello, Dippers. So we have a couple of big astrological events happening. Uh, The big one being this weekend, we have a full moon in Leo. So Leo energy is the fire element. And with this energy comes enjoying being in the limelight, being okay with attention being on you, being very loud and proud of who you are and releasing insecurities around this. So the full moon represents a time for us to shed what no longer serves and release what we no longer need. And so with this Leo energy, we can really sit with ourselves and identify maybe what's holding us back from stepping into a position of limelight or what's holding us back from enjoying some attention being on us, releasing any insecurities around this that might be holding us back from, yeah, really being proud of who we are. Leo also represents the inner child within. So this is a really good time to sit with your inner child and see what are they craving at the moment? Are they exhausted? Do they need a nap? Or are they in need of just way more play and fun? So Leo represents so much play and creativity. So really lean into your inner child to figure out what they need. And if you are a little bit all work and no play at the moment, which may happen because we've just exited Capricorn season, um, but how can you introduce more play into your life? What do you need to release in order to feel like you can make that time for play? So that's a really big full moon happening for us this weekend. The other thing I wanted to mention is that Venus has just moved into Capricorn. And so I know we've had so much Capricorn this year so far, so much of that Capricorn energy. But when when Venus travels through this sign, it's a really good time to look at your relationships. Capricorn stands for stability, ambition, and high quality. So in terms of your relationships, look at your friends and your loved ones and think, how can I maybe treat them a little bit during this season? Can you do something extra nice for them? Can you take them to somewhere a little bit fancier? Because Capricorn loves those finer things in life. And being a practical sign, it's very much about 
showing appreciation with actions, not just words. So this is a really good time to show that practical side to your partner, show how much you appreciate them and maybe, yeah, treat them to something nice. Time for some fine dining in the upcoming week. I'm very excited. I will definitely drop this hint in my household because I'm a Capricorn and I love the finer things, just like you said. Um, the card for this week is the Ten of Swords. Now, this means that we may have a little bit of a turbulent week ahead of us, Dippers. The Ten of Swords comes up when we are about to potentially be disappointed. There's an ending in the works. It could be something in a relationship, a friendship, in your career. It could also be an old pattern or a habit. Something is just going to be shaken up in the upcoming week and it's going to come to an end. You probably, in relation to this specific situation, already feel really exhausted. You've probably already had a couple of disappointments or other events leading up to this ending that is coming up for you this week. Do not fear because you can see in the back of the card that the sun is coming up again. Where something ends, something new is going to begin again and there's lots of hope for the future. Just make sure that in the future you choose things that truly align with who you are and that do not drain you. This is also a card where you can see 10 daggers being stabbed into the back of a person. The swords in the back can hint at someone trying to hide things from you or going behind your back. Perhaps some people in your environment haven't been fully honest with you or have been lying to you or have been making things out a little bit better than they actually are. Or perhaps they've treated you poorly. This is the time to get out. You won't have a choice. You will feel that this ending is inevitable. It might come as a little bit of a shock, even though there have been events leading up. Or maybe it's just that clarity of mind that you will get this week. That you just decide enough is enough. This is no longer serving me. And you should fully honor that this week. Because there's so much more opportunity ahead for you. And the tide is about to change. Wow, that is such a powerful card. And I love how well that ties in with that fiery full moon in Leo. It's really time to lean into that fire, take on board that guidance from that Ten of Swords, and yeah, release what is no longer serving you. Let that shit go, baby. Let that shit go. Love that guidance for the week ahead. The week ahead. Let's get into today's episode of protecting your energy, cleansing and releasing. So Freya, just to start with, let's touch on energy drainers and energy givers. How do we know what gives us energy and how do we know what drains our energy? So do you have an example of that, Freya, for how this works for you? I feel like this is a question that you often get in your life or that is easily thrown around where people say, for example, so what really makes you happy? What do you really like to do? Which is sort of AKA, what gives you energy? What fulfills you? And it's actually not that easy to answer or I have found it not an easy question to always answer. Throughout different phases of life, I've had moments where I was like, do I actually really enjoy this or am I only doing it because other people like it or am I only doing it because I've been doing it since I was six years old and I just went along and just kept doing it? Do I still really love it? So I don't think there's a short answer to this question, but definitely let's dip into it. For me personally, 
I feel like something gives me energy if let's say it's something outdoors if I do not come back home and feel the need to retreat often it also goes hand in hand with creativity for me with feeling inspired with feeling just a general uplifting mood feeling good about something like I want to do it again so for me personally, um, I am an introverted person. So I'm just going to take an example here of social interactions, which is something that can really fill up my cup and I can have a lot of fun with. However, I'm very introverted. It always costs me energy to hang out with people socially. And it's not that I'm actually at the event and think, oh, this is draining. Look, if I'm with people that do not align with me or where there's no friendship underneath it, it can definitely feel draining for me. But even if it's with really close friends, often when I get home, I feel the need to sort of sit with myself, sit in silence and just be in my own company for a little bit. That's how I know that that, for example, is not a major energy giver to me. It's more an energy drainer. Doesn't mean I don't like it, but it's not an energy giver to me. An energy giver to me, for example, is time to just be. Time to just be me. I love not having to do anything. I love having a day where there's nothing planned out and I can just do whatever I want. Interestingly enough, though, another energy giver for me is if I'm being very productive. So if we talk about more work environment, if I have a long to-do list and I end up doing nothing, which sometimes happens because I procrastinate, then I feel worse. If I am productive, I often get an extra boost and I'm like, oh, I feel so much more energized. I feel creative. I feel in flow. I can do even more. So on one hand, for me, an energy giver is time to just be, to just be creative, do whatever I want to do, roll with it, but also getting things done, feeling productive, which is probably very Capricorn of me. Very earthly energy there, for sure. Very earthly energy. And here is another one. Being in nature, spending time barefoot, feet in the dirt, make me so happy. Being on the beach being in the ocean, if there's not uh, six meter waves trying to kill me, is very recharging, very relaxing. I love sunlight. One of the best things for me to happen when moving to Australia is the lifestyle change. Having sunlight almost daily makes such a massive difference in my energy and in my mood. So there's another thing that really fills me up is just being outside. What about you? Yeah, that's so beautiful, Friar. I really resonate with pretty much everything you said, especially the getting out into nature and getting your toes in the sand and getting your face in the sun. I find that nature is a real energy giver for me. Uh, I definitely don't prioritize it as much as I should. Getting out into nature in terms of completely disconnecting is something that really gives me energy. So disconnecting and going out camping into nature, that really gives me so much energy because it gives me that break from the world. Just on that, I think that's probably one of my biggest energy drainers is how accessible I am to everyone. And I know that that can come down to personal boundaries as well. But we live in a day and age where everyone has a phone, everyone has a computer, like everyone has social media. And so even if you are not actively writing back to someone's message or calling someone back, if they see that you're active on social media, they think they can access you. And I find that that is 
quite draining, even though even if it's not something important, it's just when you have people contacting you or you're very much interacting with people a lot in person and virtually, that is a real energy drainer for me. We live in such a technological world and I work remotely, so I rely on my computer and I'm constantly emailing, I'm constantly on my phone. And so then when it gets to the weekend or when I want to try and take some time to myself, I almost need to just put my phone away and feel like I'm just disconnecting. And that's a real energy giver for me because I just find that being in a space where maybe I can't be contacted is really something that gives me gives me some energy back. And I liked what else you said before, Freya, about not having plans for the day. I run on quite a busy, tight schedule, lots happening in my life, and I do love it. And to an extent, it does give me energy because I love new projects and I love socializing. I do love being with people, but then being on such a tight schedule and always, always having plans that can also drain me because then I'm just like, oh, there's no room for spontaneity. There's no room for me to just really feel into my feminine and feel, what do I need today? What do I feel like doing today? What's going to give me that energy? I rarely get a day where I wake up and don't have any plans, but I'm working hard now to slot more of those days into my life because that's just so beautiful when you wake up and you're like, oh, the day is my oyster. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just feel like I'm going to flow and move through it. And if I end up just staying home or dipping my toes in the ocean, or if I end up super social, however it ends up, it's going to be amazing. It just wasn't planned that way. And I think, yeah, that's something that really recharges me. The really interesting thing about it is that we are in control more than we think about giving ourselves these energy givers and allowing ourselves to do that, right? So you said before that you find it challenging to be on all the time, virtually. This is something that we all deal with in our generation. People can reach us all the time. However, it all depends on the boundary that you set yourself. If you always respond within 24 hours, people are going to expect you to respond within 24 hours. There's also people I know that respond every two, three weeks, but I know that of them. That's the boundary that they set. So I do not have any judgments surrounding that. And I think that's amazing when you're able to do that. One thing that I implemented a couple of years ago, I used to have so many social commitments and I used to plan double things in a row. I said to myself, I'm not going to have social commitments right after each other because I found that to be really, really draining. I used to be this person that like, for example, I would have a dinner somewhere with drinks and then I had to party to go afterwards and I would rock up at the second party at like 4 a.m. and I would get, where have you been? You know, we had this party, you said you were going to come. And I was always like, oh, but I really liked where I was. And I didn't want to go away because I was in the moment and I was enjoying it there. And I was always getting frustrated, like, oh, I need to go to the next thing. So there's another boundary that I set for myself, like, no, I will only do one social commitment, nothing before, nothing after. Obviously, there's exemptions here and there. But with these energy drainers and givers, very often we can link it back to the boundaries we either set or we do not set for ourselves. Yeah, and just talking about setting boundaries with yourself, I have found, well, I've figured out very recently, something that's been completely draining my energy that I wasn't quite aware of is 
being more in control of my thoughts and my mind in terms of thinking myself into the future. So I might clock off from work and then be quite exhausted and think, okay, I just need some downtime with my partner. I'm going to lay on the couch. We're going to put our favorite TV show on because I think that's what's going to replenish my energy. But then my mind is thinking, oh, I haven't sent that email and oh, I've got so much to do tomorrow for work. And before I know it, I've tuned out from the episode and my mind is, you know, very much in work mode. Or I could be thinking about, oh, I haven't texted that person about that social event or, oh, I said I'd do that and I've forgotten. My mind's just in a million places and it hasn't completely switched off. And a, a really good friend of mine gave me this analogy of visualizing that you've got funnels or spouts of water coming out of you and Every time you are thinking about something in the future or you're putting energy into something even after you've clocked off from it, that is just an open spout of water flowing out. Energy is just flowing out in that direction, even though you're just sitting on the couch. I guess for me, it's about catching myself in that moment and setting that boundary with myself to be like, well, no, I don't have to think about that right now. That's not being productive. If you're going to be thinking about that right now, you may as well go and open your computer and start working because that's what your mind and body think that you're doing. So I guess it's, yeah, it's that setting that boundary with myself and making a little note if I need to remember something the next day, that's fine. But then really making sure I plug, you know, that spout of water and making sure that energy isn't just constantly flowing out of me so that by the time I hit the pillow that night, I'm so exhausted and I'm waking up tired as well because I've just had all this energy, yeah, flowing out as opposed to containing it and really switching off and properly switching off to give myself that time. And turning off your phone and other channels that people can reach you or external factors can really, really help with that as well. I find for me, um, I think I started doing this when I was working when I was like 22 if something would pop up in my mind, like, oh, I need to do this, if it's under five minutes, I would do it straight away because I'm the queen of procrastination. So often I would have situations where I would think, oh, I still need to do this, I still need to do that, still need to do this. If you can do it under five minutes, just get it done straight away. If not, then you have to park it. You don't. You shouldn't think about it until you get the opportunity, probably during the day, during work hours, if it's a work-related thing, to do it. But there's often nothing good is going to come from the things that are keeping you up at night from you doing something at night, if that makes any sense, because you are in this worry mindset and you probably can't see it clear anyway. So it's better, exactly like you said, to just pull the plug in it. I think it's good for everyone from time to time to sit down and do a sort of energy assessment. Where is your energy going to? What is bringing you energy? And how is the balance? And energy is a spiritual thing. It goes beyond just feeling well rested when you wake up because sometimes we feel like we can sleep all we want but we still wake up tired we still wake up unmotivated and I feel like that is coming from living in non-alignment with your higher self having relationships that drain you and do not serve you working in jobs that do not give you fulfillment Everything where the balance is off and you feel like it's taking more from you than what it's giving in is where the balance is off and where you should reassess and see what can I do to make a change. I pulled a beautiful card from the Oracle deck of Alexis Raccoon, Magical Spirit Oracle 1 that we used for 
one of the card readings last week. And this card had a meditation visualization exercise, which was really interesting. It says, imagine yourself and you have a couple of golden strings and the golden strings are all attached to people that you're giving energy to. Whether that's an energy giving situation, whether that's an energy draining situation, just see yourself laying down connected with golden strings to all of these different people and external factors. And then visualize those strings and that energy coming back into your body. Quite literally, call your own energy back because your energy belongs to you. Also, you have a big responsibility yourself to protect yourself, protect your energy and set your own boundaries. If we keep giving our energy to things that do not serve us, then we're not going to get more energy into return because energy needs to feel safe in order to reach us and to come into our lives. Mm, I really like that meditation visualization of the golden threads about calling your energy back in and then analyzing, yeah, what's draining your energy and what's no longer serving. I think that's a really beautiful way to look at it. And something else that I really strongly believe is that you're going to, you're going to end up drained if you are, if you feel you have to put on a face to attend that job or to attend that friend catch up or, you know, attend your family gathering. If you feel like you have to put on a face and present a version of you that isn't 100% authentically you, it's going to be draining because it takes effort to be something that we're not. Whereas in those situations and around certain people where we feel like we can be 100% ourselves, completely authentically act like our weird, quirky, lazy, energetic, whatever it is. If we feel like we can act completely like ourselves, then we are more relaxed and it's probably going to give us energy or it's definitely not going to take it away. But if we feel like we have to put on that version, then that's just absolutely exhausting. So if you do feel like perhaps you're in a job that's not really serving you anymore, you don't feel like it's meant for you or aligning with you and you feel like you're having to hide parts of yourself or put on a certain persona of yourself to fit in with a certain crowd or anything like that, then that's definitely something that you can be calling your energy back from, analyzing and releasing if it's really causing you to have that energy imbalance. We spoke briefly about setting your own boundaries and protecting your energy. And I do want to share a message with you, Dippers, which is that the right people for you that truly care for you, how you are, will always care about you. Do not feel scared to say, I don't want to attend that. I do not feel good enough to attend that. I do not have the energy to do that. Because you will notice that when you honor your authentic self, that the right people around you will honor that too. And you will get so much more love and compassion back for it. People that judge you for that are not the right people to have into your life. And you should be careful with who you have into your life because you're a beautiful person and you should only have relationships that are authentic and that are supportive also from you to them. If one of my friends reaches out to me and I was really looking forward to a catch-up, but they say, oh, I just do not feel good energy-wise today. I feel very tired. I'm not feeling my best self. The only normal response, in my opinion, should always be, I'm so sorry to hear. I hope you will feel better soon. We'll catch up then. And I feel like a lot of us have been in situations where we felt that guilt 
but you will never be truly happy if you live your life for pleasing others. Aside from setting boundaries and protecting your own energy, cleansing your energy is such an important thing to do. There's various rituals that are out there. And Holly, I would love to know what your favorite cleansing rituals are or when you feel the need to cleanse. Mm, I have my two favorite things to cleanse my energy. Uh, one of them is sage, so a smudging ritual, and the other one is the ocean. So the ocean I find is just incredibly cleansing, and I'm very fortunate to live walking distance to the beach. And I just find that when I need a little time out, I need to calm my frazzled brain, I need to remove some energy from a situation, a person, or an environment that doesn't belong to me and I don't want anymore, I can just run down to the beach jump into the ocean and really feel that cleansing effect along with visualizing the energy being washed away from my body. So that's one thing that I really have found that helps me. And the other one is, yeah, that that typical kind of saging uh, exercise, uh, cleansing ritual of lighting your sage stick and smudging yourself with that intention of clearing your energy, removing any old stagnant energy that maybe belongs to you and removing any old stagnant energies from other people and other environments. And I think the key here with saging is to really set that strong intention whilst you're saging yourself and your space. So you can definitely sage yourself and I really love to sage the house once I've given it a clean I feel like it really gives it a nice reset and yeah just clears out anything you know especially after an argument I find that really helps like if I've had a bit of an argument with my partner maybe we've had a bit of a tiff and it's occurred in the kitchen then maybe the next day I'll go through and sage the whole kitchen and try and just get rid of that energy cleanse it all clear it all lift that vibration Uh, and I find yeah I find that that really helps what about you Friar? When the kitchen is the crime scene, there definitely needs to be some cleansing done. Do you have any tips for dippers listening? Because some people probably have seen a saging ritual, but I'm not sure exactly if there are certain rules. Like I always like twist with my wrist like clockwise and I try to focus on like sharp points and like corners because corners can really hold energy. This is quite a little bit more spiritual here. Do you have anything to add to that, Holly? Or Mm, I love that. I haven't really um, thought about like the wrist movement, but I really like that, that you do it in a clockwise direction. I think it comes down to one, what feels right for you and two, really the intention behind it. Like I was just saying before, when you are cleansing yourself and your space, I think words are so powerful. And so I understand you might feel awkward if you're doing it in front of your parents or in front of your housemates. But if you can vocalize this intention, it will be a lot more powerful. So once you've uh, lit your sage stick and it goes out and it starts to get a nice um, smoking effect, yeah, then just start to wave it around yourself. You can definitely use that clockwise wrist action like uh, Friar was saying um, or basically whatever whatever feels good for you in terms of getting that smoke over your body and speaking a really positive nice intention like I intentionally clear old stagnant energy any energy that no longer serves me must be gone now I welcome in clear beautiful protective energy into my space something like that I think intuitively kind of say whatever words work for you. Do you speak when you sage or cleanse, Raya? 
Sometimes I do, it really depends. I feel like I cleanse in two different situations. I either cleanse linked to a bit more negative emotions. So like you said, when you've either had an argument or maybe when you've spent some time in company that's not really aligned or you've just left a job that has anything that has some sort of negative attachment, I feel like the way I cleanse then is definitely a bit more using words a bit more intense, I would say, than the other cleanse that I will mention in a minute. For me, this can really be a cleansing in the way of crying. I see crying as a way of shedding emotion as well, screaming, letting it all out. I'm not someone that journals every day, I've noticed. I notice that I only journal when I'm really upset and when I really feel like I need to just blurt it all out let it go. Um, physical movement is a great way to dispose of that energy as well. Then the other type of cleansing that I often do, and I think this goes hand in hand with being a facilitator, but it might also be even if you have a really good conversation with one of your closest friends, but it's holding a certain energy and you've held space for that person you've literally opened yourself your heart and your soul to listen to this and take this on and people that are very empathic will probably recognize this they will take that on and they can feel rattled by other things that are happening externally I love to cleanse in that scenario by using water. For example, if I come home from sound healing, the first thing that I always need to do is have my everything shower. I need to shower, wash my hair, shave, deep clean two, three times, like fully get rid of everything. I cannot shower without getting my hair wet after an energy exchange. Like I feel like I need to release it. And hair holds so much energy. And I feel like that's why often when we go through a turbulent phase, we're like, let's chop it all off or let's dye it. Let's change it. Let's get the fresh energy. I also feel when I go through a period of growth or change and I feel like it's positive and light, but I want to level off. Like I want to clean the house. I want to sage the house as well. I want to throw out any toxic foods. I want to cleanse my body internally. I love using herbs from the naturopath after being ill to really cleanse myself from inside out and throwing away things that I no longer use, old clothes, old things in the garage. These are all ways of cleansing too, in my opinion. It's all about protecting your energy and drawing things back to you. You've had a connection with something Maybe it's not serving you anymore. Maybe it has run its course, whether that's negative or with love and light. Release it, cleanse it, cut the tie and move forward. Mm -hmm. I love this holistic approach that you've just been talking about, Friar, how you can cleanse in so many different ways from foods to environment to water to chopping your hair off. <laughs> I love that. And to be honest, when I was saying before that I love to use the ocean as a cleanser, if, you know, say I've washed my hair that day and then I spontaneously run down to the beach, I'm like, oh, this is painful. I, I've just washed my hair. But it doesn't feel like a cleansing swim unless I've duck, ducked my head under and got my hair all wet. Yes. And this just makes so much sense that the hair can hold so much energy. So, yeah, I really resonate with that. Just in terms of you talking about, like, the environment that you're in, I definitely think that clutter collects energy. If you, Even if you don't have some sage at home, 
uh, you can literally look around and start to declutter your environment. And that is definitely a great way to remove old energy. You know, say you're still hoarding some bits and pieces from a past relationship or holding on to some things from a past version of yourself. Um, I think it's really therapeutic to go through, find those things and release them, throw them in the bin or burn them if you need to. I totally agree with you. Sometimes you just got to shed, release and move on, protect your energy, cleanse yourself, try and make a habit as well. Like we said before, do an energy assessment every three months. What is serving me? What is bringing me energy? What is draining me? And try and protect that boundary. Be transparent with the people around you so that you do not have to have difficult conversations because you have been transparent from the start. Try to really honor your own feelings and you will feel so much more in alignment and you will feel less drained. Another big thing for me in regards to protecting my own energy is the words that I'm using and that the, the words that I'm allowing other people around me to use against me. If other people sometimes talk things down or some, something significant may happen and maybe they're not that impressed and they try to make it smaller than I am. I feel like I've had situations where I started a new venture and people said naively to me, good luck with your little thing. And I know that they mean that really well and they're not aware of the energy of their words and what they're using. But I feel like in that moment, if I say to them, oh, thank you so much, I'm honoring that it's a little thing. I'm putting that in the universe. So I feel like words are such an important thing too to protect your energy and to stand up for what you believe in and to protect your yourself and your energy. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, being mindful of the words that you are using and the words that other people are using. Yeah, I really love that. There's so many different ways to protect your energy and set those boundaries and cleanse any negative energy. It's... um. Yeah, I think it goes a lot deeper than what we've been able to talk about today. But I really feel like we've scratched the surface on it. And I I hope, Dippers, that we've given you some beautiful tips on how to protect your energy, how to cleanse your energy, how to, yeah, really step into that Leo energy and be more proud of yourself and protect what is yours. And yeah, really embracing a little bit of that fire. You're all amazing, Dippers. Each one of you, you deserve a life of fulfillment. You deserve to live your best life. So go out there, stand up for yourself and make every day that you have one of the greatest days. Until our paths align again. We'll see you at the next dip.